0: Hey, BioReport listeners, this is Daniel Levine. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the BioReport. This week, we're bringing you an encore edition of our interview with climate scientist Jesse Bell, which originally appeared in December 2017. We thought this would be particularly timely as a number of extreme weather events, including tornadoes, fires, hurricanes, and floods, have been in the news lately. Climate change and the increasing frequency and intensity of extreme weather events carry a toll on human health. Not only do floods, hurricanes, and other similar phenomena cause death and injury, they also create long term health effects. Jesse Bell, a research scientist at the North Carolina Institute for Climate Studies at North Carolina State University, recently examined the issue in an article in the Journal of the Air and Waste Management Association. We spoke to Bell about the health consequences of these weather events, the challenges they create for public health systems to plan and prepare, and why new research is needed to better understand the relationship between these events and human health.
1: Jesse, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: We're going to talk about your recent article for the Journal of the Air and Waste Management Association on the effect of extreme weather events on public health, the challenges they pose, and the implications of climate change from a public health perspective. Perhaps we can begin with what, for the purposes of the article, constitutes an extreme event.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to discuss that. Um, For the purposes of our paper, an extreme event is a uh, climate or weather-related event that rarely occurs in a given location. Or uh, it's an extreme event that has caused large socioeconomic impacts. Because um, these extreme events are somewhat uncommon, if they do hit communities or populated areas, the impacts can be quite severe. Um, So, which by the severity of the impacts, I'm meaning the destruction of property, loss of essential infrastructure, which I mean um, electricity, transportation, uh, water treatment facilities, things like that. Uh, It can also lead to the displacement of people or populations, and also, as our article talked about, uh, serious health consequences. And although there are numerous types of extreme events, um, we focus primarily on heat waves cold waves, droughts, wildfires, uh, flooding rains, hurricanes, uh, for our article, because these particular events have a known association with climate change.
0: Can you quantify the impact of the events? You're thinking about how many, how often, what What the financial impact has been collectively?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, first off, uh, we can look at the historical climate record and compare a particular extreme event against the other historical events that have occurred either in that region or globally. And luckily for me, I work for uh, the institute that is co-located with NOAA's National Centers for Environmental Information, NOAA being the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So NOAA has been uh, compiling and, and housing all of this weather and climate observations for the entire world. And um, NCI has, so they have the station observations and satellite observations and a variety of other observations from all over the world that go back for decades and centuries and even further. So we can look at um, the historical measurements and compare these against uh, other measurements in the past with uh, measurements that are currently happening here in the, the present and then for the financial impact, um, our article, we uh, reported on and focused on the results from the NOAA Billion Dollar Disaster Report, which is calculated from the total and direct losses that occur as a result of a variety of different extreme events. Uh, by to- total direct losses, I mean any uh, insured and uninsured losses. So this is physical damage, uh to residential areas, um, damage to buildings, roads, uh, losses to agricultural and material assets, um, general property damage, and interruption to business operations. And so these costs are assessed through both private and public data sources to understand what are the what are these impacts of extreme events and how what are the potential costs. And so as you can imagine, based off the name, the NOAA evaluates and compiles each event that exceeds a billion dollars in cost due to loss or uh, from damage from these extreme events. And this report goes all the way back to the nineteen to nineteen eighty. Um, and since that time, there have been more than two hundred billion dollar disasters in the United States, and the cumulative cost of these events over that time period, has exceeded $1.1 trillion. So from 1980 to 2016, the number of billion-dollar disasters has been increasing. Um, This increase is partially due to increases in the frequency and intensity of extreme events that have been changing over time, Um, along with um, economic growth, economic development um, increases in the population across the United States and development, um, economic development in areas that are more prone to some of these extreme events and some of these natural disasters. So that's how we kind of came to some of the numbers, uh, right. both on the extreme event side and on the, the dollar amount side.
0: Do we know what role climate change is playing in these extreme events? And And since you're dealing with something that is changing, how predictable is the frequency, intensity, and, and health impacts of these events?
1: Across the United States and, and across the globe, we've seen changes in a variety of different extreme events. Um, and just for example, in the United States, we've seen increases in temperature over the last century. We've seen um Changes in flooding rains in the northeastern part of the United States, increases in sea level rise across the Atlantic and Gulf Coast, um, changes in the intensity and frequency of, of strong, uh, category stronger category uh, hurricanes in the Atlantic, uh, droughts have become more increase uh, have increased in the southwestern United States, cold waves have actually decreased over the last century, but. Winter storm frequency has increased and uh, wildfires have increased. Now, this is both because of um, uh, an increase in the fire season, which has expanded because of increases in temperature, and other factors. So, you know, management practices have changed over time as well. And then we've also seen an increase in heat waves in certain parts of the U.S. as well. And so, what, what's going on is Um, basically because of an increase in CO2 and other greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. We now have more energy and heat in our atmosphere and in our oceans. Um, These changes in temperature aren't just causing things to get warmer. uh, They're actually changing uh, the weather around us. So some places are actually getting drier. Other places are getting wetter. And some storms and some of these extreme events are becoming more frequent and more intense. Um, So the trends basically show that the changes aren't consistent across each region. So, you know, not all extreme events are changing in the same way everywhere. Some locations are changing more than others, and the changes really vary from one spot to another. And some places aren't changing at all. Um, for example, as I've already kind of touched on droughts in the United States are increasing in the southwestern part of the US, but they are uh, but in the northeastern part of the United States we're experiencing more flooding rains. so it's really variable depending on, um, a variety of different factors. So it's not a direct correlation between increased temperature and increase in extreme events. It Really, there's other factors that are in play there.
0: Walk us through the the range of public health issues that result from these extreme events. I think some of them might be obvious, but others might not be so obvious.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and even before I go into that, I just kind of want to quickly touch on vulnerability because I think this is a really important factor here. Um When an extreme event hits a location, all people are vulnerable to the health impacts that occur after these events. Um, However, some populations are more vulnerable to these events than others. So what I'm talking about here is um, older, uh, more elderly populations, the very young people with pre-existing medical conditions, and populations with less resources. These are the populations that are more vulnerable to the health impacts associated with these extreme events. But the health outcomes are really broad and numerous, and it really it kind of depends on you know the location, what extreme event you're, you're potentially um, experiencing. And there are many areas of public health that are affected when an extreme event happens. As for the health impacts, um, there are... Injuries and deaths that occur because of an event. So you know you see drowning, being hit by flying debris, uh, electrocution by down power lines, things like that. Then there are the exposures that occur because of changes in the environment. So changes in vector-borne disease. So maybe uh, extreme event happens. So there's a change in the mosquito population. So there's more exposure there, or changes in other pathogens such as uh, vibrio, which is a, a coastal uh, bacterial pathogen, when People are exposed to it in floodwaters. Um, Then you have the health outcomes that occur because of loss of uh, property or destruction of infrastructure. So, uh, you know, poor water quality because of issues with water treatment facilities. Um, Maybe exposure to hazardous chemicals because in the air or the water because of the destruction of a chemical plant. Um, Mold exposure due to uh, development um, of flooding in homes or other buildings. And maybe, uh, for example, uh, if a hospital is no longer operating because of an extreme event, that someone with a pre-existing condition can't get access uh, to get the treatment that they need. In addition, there's um, there's extra stress or extra personal stress because of these events. So for example, heat waves cause more physical stress because your body needs to to regulate with that excess temperature that you're exposed to. And you also experience um, extreme events can cause mental health or mental stress because people may have lost their homes or livelihoods because of these uh, particular events.
0: In general terms, do public health officials or health systems think about extreme weather events as a public health issue? And how well prepared are they to respond to these threats?
1: You know, it really depends on the the system and what events they are facing or have faced. Um, public health uh, care faci- uh, facilities and public health officials in locations that are repeatedly exposed to certain extreme events, such as hurricanes or uh, flooding, are more likely to Uh, adapt and have systems in place to reduce the negative impacts because of these events. Um, For example, after Superstorm Sandy hit the Northeast, hospitals and healthcare facilities there are now more understanding of the pitfalls that can occur when these events hit their location. So um, hopefully they'll be better prepared the next time these storms hit. So that's one of the things that... It's the experience and and unfortunately just learning from from past mistakes or past uh, experiences. And as as you may have heard in that particular location, some of the hospitals when the Superstorm Sandy hit, some of the hospitals in the path of the storm had their generators, uh, their backup power generators at the ground level or in the basement. And thus when the flooding came in, it destroyed those generators and some of the hospitals actually lost their power. Um, Not having these generators meant that you know they they weren't able to care for some of the patients on their in their facilities. So hopefully uh, in the future they'll be able to design their generators and put them in places where they won't get that kind of exposure. Now here's the problem: um, what we're seeing is changes in the intensity and frequency of extreme events. They're becoming more intense and more frequent. So locations are going to have difficulty preparing for these events because. They've never experienced anything like this before when they're more intense or more frequent or maybe they're shifting at new locations. So if they've never had this experience before, how do they adapt? How do they prepare? And so that was one of the reasons that we produced this article is hopefully to help healthcare professionals and public health uh, officials see and understand some of these potential uh, ramifications.
0: I, I think people are, are very conscious of, of hurricanes and floods because of the recent ones we've seen, but things like heat waves may not come to top of mind when people are thinking about the health impacts of, of weather, but the, some of the numbers in there relating to the heat waves were just astounding in terms of deaths that, that were related to that. Can you talk a little about that?
1: Sure. Um so heat waves, according to uh, various NOAA reports, kill more people in the United States than any other extreme event. Um, many of these people are, again, you're, you're elderly, you're very young, people with um, certain pre-existing medical conditions, or maybe they're on medications that don't allow them to adequately thermal regulate their bodies, or maybe they're people working in occupations or playing sports that experience more exposure. So the potential health outcomes include, you know, cardiovascular issues, respiratory issues, renal issues, um, meaning kidney uh, issues. And we, you know, every year in the United States, you can have multiple examples talking about potential impacts of extreme heat on human health. But there, you don't have to go very back or go back very far to look at some very severe examples that happened right here in the United States. For example, the Chicago heat wave that hit in 1995. That particular heat wave killed hundreds of people in the Chicago area. Um, and the numbers aren't completely known because so many people died that the medical examiners couldn't even keep up with the, the number of bodies coming into the, the morgues. And there was actually mass burials. Um, because there were just a number of people that weren't even identified and didn't even know what was the potential causes of death, although probably linked to the Chicago heat wave. So that's a, that's an interesting point in itself. This this isn't just what other countries are facing. This is things in here in the United States that we're facing as well with these extreme events. And
0: I should note that we're not just talking about heat, but also cold can have a we are dealing with extremes at both ends and and seeing health effects from cold weather as well
1: yeah exactly um in our paper we you know we talk about how cold waves have been decreasing over the last century um but it should be noted that winter storms have also have been actually increasing especially in the central part of the united states and and kind of the northeastern part of the united states um And, you know, with that, you know, you have hypothermia, cardiovascular issues, respiratory issues, such as the exacerbation of um, asthma and asthma-related issues, and then just in addition, more dangerous driving conditions in in colder um, environments because of ice on the roads and things like that.
0: We tend to think of of extreme events in in a very immediate way, but there are very serious long-term health consequences. both to extreme events like hurricanes and floods, and to climate change where you have, as you alluded to earlier, changes in vectors, which spread infectious disease in areas that may not have seen certain types of disease before, as as well as both depression and heart disease and respiratory problems from pollution. When health systems think about the long-term health consequences of these extreme events, how How should they go about that are are they thinking about these things and are are there new strategies that need to be developed
1: yeah that that's a great point um, Some health agencies are already thinking about these issues um and not necessarily because they're actively thinking about climate change but because they are actually facing these issues on a regular basis um, Lyme disease and you know other uh, and the ticks that carry the pathogen have been spreading, for one example. And that's uh, been shown to be because of increases in temperature. So these locations are already dealing with this, these issues. And that's one of the things about climate change. We shouldn't think about it as an issue that we will face down the road or, you know, or in the future. We're seeing these ramifications of climate change now. Uh Climate change is a serious threat to public health. That was uh one of the main findings that came from a report uh that was released by the White House in twenty sixteen You know that report brought together experts and scientists and healthcare professionals from a variety of different backgrounds. I was one of the authors on it, and we evaluated all the different ways that climate change is impacting human health and One of the things that uh, came from that report or one of the first things that came from that report was. As a team, we, we said that climate change is a significant threat to the health of the American people. And that was just because you looked at every way that climate change was impacting the health across the United States, like I was talking about with all the different ways extreme events are changing. And public health officials, you know, hopefully they're they're taking more note because they are seeing these changes. And not only that, hopefully they're, they're um better understanding of um, some of these implications because of reports like we released last year, and and this uh, document that was released this year, to help them understand some of those ramifications, and you know it, it should be noted um, that healthcare professionals and and um, certain areas are already looking at some of these impacts, especially in the relationship with climate change. What? So, oh, sorry.
0: One of the issues that's emerging, particularly uh, in regards to Puerto Rico, has been the reporting of deaths related to to the hurricane. Um, the official numbers, you know, I think are around 50 to 60, while uh, reporters at Vox, I believe it was, put together uh, evidence that more than a thousand people had died in, from events related to the, the recent hurricane. Uh, my question is what do we need to do to do better reporting to understand the health effects? Is there any efforts to do that? And and in your paper, you talk about research gaps and I, I'm wondering what are the major research gaps where you think people need to turn their attention?
1: Yeah. Um, and that, that's a difficult, that's a difficult question, especially when you're talking about what, what are the potential health impacts? You know, the, the associations aren't always one-to-one. Um, our knowledge is constantly improving in this area, and we're, we're having better understanding of some of these re- relationships, but there's still a lot of research that needs to be done. Um, when it comes to things like hurricanes or droughts, people can lose their homes. They can lose their loved ones, um, their livelihoods, and once that occurs, people may move to, to other regions or be forced out so that they can no longer live in the locations that they once occupied. Um because not all health impacts of these events are immediate, and the consequences can potentially take months, weeks, years to manifest. It can be difficult to understand some of those relationships and link it back to uh, the, the potential, uh, the extreme event as the cause. Mental health is a, a perfect example of that. Um, mental health, uh, these issues can take... You know, like I said, weeks, months, even years to fully manifest. And you think about the people that have lost their homes because of these extreme events. They might move into other regions or other locations. And it might be just, it might be the starting factor, but there's multiple other triggers along the way that can cause these uh, negative mental health issues as well. So it's just difficult, but there's a lot of opportunity. And when you're talking about, you know, research gaps, And trying to address that, Um, I I think the biggest thing is, is that we need to stop thinking about climate change as something that's going to impact us in the future, but start thinking of climate change as something that is impacting us now. Um, We're already seeing changes in the frequency and intensity of extreme events, and these impacts are being felt today. Um, So we can start looking at a single event and try to determine if that event is more intense or more severe than a historical previous uh, event and start asking the question, what is the impact of climate change on this event and what does that mean in terms of human health? I think that's the big question. Jesse Bell,
0: research scientist at the North Carolina Institute for Climate Studies in North Carolina State and lead author of the article Changes in Extreme Events and Potential Impacts on Human Health in the Journal of Air and Waste Management Association, which can be found for free online. Jesse, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager.